Hey, hey, you were listening to JC Talks, a leadership podcast where we help you live an all-in life and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. We are in a book right now called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Uh, today, we're going to talk about this idea of uh, choices and reality and decision-making and suffering and all of it. So let me read to you. I'm on page uh, 90, uh, 96. Again, the book is called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, an incredible book. Highly recommend that you get this book. Incredible. Part of making effective decisions, the book says, boils down to dealing with reality. How do you make sure you're dealing with reality when you're making decisions? Okay, that was the question asked of Naval Ravikant. Here's his answer. By not having a strong sense of self or judgment or mind presence, the monkey mind, quotation marks, monkey mind, will always respond with this regurgitated emotional response to what it thinks the world should be. Those desires will cloud your reality. This happens a lot of times when people are mixing politics and business. And then it goes on to say, and I highlighted this next portion because this is really important. The number one thing clouding us from being able to see reality is we have preconceived notions of the way it should be. This happens to us all the time. I want you to think about your dream job. I want you to think about your dream, the, the dream girl, the dream guy. Uh, I want you to think about maybe the dream house, the dream neighborhood, the dream city, right? We have all these preconceived notions about whatever it is that we come to the table with, and then we can't make the right decisions. Maybe it's a client, maybe it's a company, maybe, it's, you know, whatever it is, we have all these preconceived notions when we can't make the right judgment because we are constantly seeing it through the lens of what uh, we believe it should be, how we want it to be. I mean, all of us have lived like that before. He goes on to say, one definition of a moment of suffering, watch this. A moment of suffering is the moment when you see things exactly the way they are. This whole time you've been convinced your business is doing great. And I would add here that your life is doing great, that your marriage is doing great, that your friendships are doing great, that your finances are doing great. And really, it goes on to say, you've ignored the signs. It's not doing well. And I think about friends of mine and, you know, I've been through divorce in my own life, so I can speak. Um, I can speak from experience, but I know friends of mine who've gone through painful divorces and uh, uh, they didn't see the divorce coming. They didn't recognize it was coming because they failed to see the signs or maybe it was their business. I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day about a gentleman who lost his business. And because he had, again, this kind of these rose colored glasses on, he couldn't see all the signs that his business was failing, that things weren't going the way that they needed to go. The book goes on, then your business fails and you suffer because you've been putting off reality. You've been hiding it from yourself. The good news is the moment of suffering when you're in pain is a moment of truth. It is a moment when you're forced to embrace reality the way it actually is. And then, and then you can make meaningful change and progress. You can only make progress when you start uh, with the truth. I remember years ago, I spent a lot of time kind of in the, the ministry world, the nonprofit, kind of the religious sector. And I remember hearing a pastor talk about some other pastor had gotten into trouble. It was a guy who worked for this guy who was telling the story. He, I think he had an affair or something like that. And he, he got caught doing something. So anyway, uh, he, he was talking about the process and he was using the story to tell other people about here's how you handle a situation like this. 
And he said, the first thing we do whenever we go through a situation like this is we bring the person in and we have a really hard conversation and we have to get to the bottom. We have to get to the truth. I think one of the things he was talking about is this, is the idea of restoration. So in that world, restoration means that at some point you get restored to your former responsibility or something like it. You may never have, I've never seen somebody fully recover from something like that when you make a really bad choice in a world like where if you're in politics or you're in religion and you kind of step out in, in a way that you shouldn't. Um, it's, it's hard to fully recover from that. But they're talking about this idea of restoration. But he said that before we can even talk about restoration, the entire truth has to be on the table. And so what he was saying is that I'm going to ask all the questions and I'm going to get down and I, you have to tell me every single thing. I want to know every email. I want to know every phone call you've made. I want to know uh, how long that this has been going on, whatever it is. Right. I want to know every single thing you're going to have to share and confess the entire story. And and I, you know, I've always thought that was kind of harsh because I thought, man, that's making somebody that's that's kind of like kicking somebody when they're down. And it's it's kind of like making somebody relive something, a part of their life that maybe they don't want to relive. But I think it comes back to what this is saying right here. You can make then you can make meaningful change in progress. Right. Because you have a moment of truth. You can only make progress when you're starting with the truth. So I think what he was trying to say is that in his experience, if somebody can't be fully uh, truthful about the situation and can't say, here's exactly what happened, here's how long it's been going on, here's what I did wrong, then there's no restoration because they haven't had that moment of, I see myself for who I really am. I, and I will tell you this, just to be transparent with you, you know, this podcast, it's about the all in life all in teams, all in organizations, but it starts with me being all in. And part of me being all in is being authentic with you. I've had probably, I would say, somehow the numbers coming up in my head, probably three moments in my life in the last eight years of this right here, where I, I've seen myself with clarity. I just had one just, just recently in the last few weeks. I, I've got some goals that I didn't, uh, I'm be transparent with you. I've got some goals that I didn't hit this year with, with my business. And, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to blame the economy. It's easy to blame this or that or this situation or that. But, but, but the reality is I have to look at myself and I have to say, hey, you didn't reach these goals because of you, JC, because of there's some shifts you didn't make or some shifts you still need to make. There's some mental, you know, some not mental health issues, but there's some, some mental blocks. There's some mindset blockers up there that you need to work on or, or whatever it is. And I remember I was actually, I'll be honest with you. It was Thanksgiving day. I took my kayak out. That's a day where, because hardly anybody's out on the water and no one's reaching out to me. I'm not, there's no emails or phone calls. There's no work I have to do on days like that, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I love to take my kayak out at least during the late morning, kind of early afternoon. And I got out there and, and I brought my little blue book. I have black books that I keep my schedules in and I keep that you know, every, and I'm looking at right now, every single minute of my day is planned out through the black book, but I have these little blue books that I, I, I like to travel with and I write down thoughts in there. So I, so I, I paddled my kayak out to my little spot that I like to go to. And uh, first I took a nap cause I was exhausted. And so then I floated across this little channel, which was, which, which was pretty cool, landed at this little spot and sat and, and got out my blue book. And then I just, just sat and wrote. And I would tell you, I got to see some reality for myself. And, and, and it wasn't, I'm going to be transparent with you. It was not easy. It was, it's never easy. And there've been other moments outside of my business personally, where in the last eight years, um, I, you know, whether it was through counseling or having someone hold up a mirror to me, whatever it is, where I've seen myself for exactly who I 
am. And it's never, ever, ever an easy choice, ever. Um, well, it's, 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 it's not that it's a choice, but it's never, never an easy process. But you can only make progress when you're starting with the truth. And that's why this is really important. There's suffering in clarity. There's suffering in clarity. And I can't repeat that enough. When we see things clear for what there are, usually there's going to be a point of suffering that comes along with this. But if we have a mindset like I think I do, and I think I have a mindset of growth and a mindset that I constantly want to get better, it, it, it's also a relief because you're like, wow, I can actually see the truth for what it is. And I don't have these rose-colored glasses on. I don't have any preconceived notions. I'm seeing the truth for exactly what it is. And that's, there's something about that that's also a massive relief. The book goes on, and I'm on page 97, and it says this. It says, the hard thing is seeing the truth. To see the truth, you have to get your ego out of the way. That, that's, a big, that's a big one right there. Because so many of us, we've got big egos. We think one thing about ourselves. We rationalize our mistakes away. And, and we, you know, what is rationalization? I heard somebody say, to rationalize is to tell rational lies. And we do this quite often. And, and, why, did you, and why do we do this? Because our ego gets in the way, right? So to see the truth, you have to get your ego out of the way because your ego doesn't want to face the truth. That's powerful. Anytime in our life when, when somebody's coming to us and they're offering us feedback or criticism, I, I have a personal saying that says this, all, all criticism is good criticism. And some people have debated me on that. And I said, no, it's not. You got to depend on the person. And I, to that, I would say, look, the person who is probably the harshest with me, the person who's my biggest hater, if, if I can use that term, is probably the criticism I need to look at the most because they don't have any rose-colored glasses on. They see me for exactly who I am. So that's the person I need to be listening to the most when it comes to this idea of seeing the truth, right? But we don't want to because we, our, our, our ego gets in the way. And I just had a, a situation just in, in recent days where I've, I, I, I've gotten some feedback and, 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 and it's been hard because it's probably true feedback, but I don't want to accept it. I haven't, you know how hard I've been working on this thing and you walk in here and you give me this feedback and you're telling me this, you know, boo, you lie. You're just jealous, right? It's easy to say that again, rational lies. And, and all that is, it's my own ego. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe not everything this person is saying is 100% true, but there sure is a lot of truth in their criticism. I think in most criticism, when we, you know, when people criticize us for something, there's, an, there, there's a nugget in truth in there somewhere. And for some of us, there's a ton of truth in there. But again, what stands in our way is we're not going to listen to somebody else tell us. They see all the blind spots that we can't see, but we're not going to listen because we have that ego. And he goes on to say this, the smaller you can make your ego, the less condition you can make your reactions, the less desires you can have about the outcomes you want, the easier it will be to see reality. So it's again, it's taking, it's, it's, it's taking off the rose colored glasses. When you meet somebody in, in life, it's not seeing them through how you want them to be. It's seeing them for who they really are. And I, and I think we do that through presence. And we do it through watching. You know, I have a really good friend of mine, a coworker, and she is so good at saying, you know what, I'm going to be patient. I typically, I'm a guy, my personality is one I just jump in. I think the older I'm getting, the, the 
you know, I'm starting to relax on that a little bit and starting to get better about that. But historically, I just jump in. Oh, I meet someone, uh, you know, friends. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, man, I love this job. Oh, man, I love this restaurant. I love, you know, and then, you know, you go back again. And you're like, wait a minute, it doesn't have the same experience. Or wait a minute, this person now that I spent three weeks with him, I don't think I like him as much. Or wait a minute, now I'm in this relationship, but I, I, I thought I loved this person, but because I jumped in too quickly and, and you know, now, you know, you know, you, you've been there before. You hire somebody. You're like, man, I love this person. This person's amazing. And in, you know, 60 days, you start seeing the true self you know you start you start seeing them for who they really are um and so to avoid that what we have to do is take off the rose-colored glasses and 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 to see with clarity to see the truth and understand that often the truth is going to be painful clarity and suffering they go hand in hand because we have great expectations of somebody and then they fail to meet those expectations. And what does that bring? That brings us suffering. Because, man, we had our hopes up about how this thing would play out. It goes on to says, uh, and it says this, what we wish to be true clouds our perception of what is true. Suffering is the moment when we can no longer deny reality. So here, here's some questions I would ask of you, uh, uh, you know, as you're listening to this. What is clouding your reality, whether it's a relationship or a team member or a job or a place of employment or a career or a business you know decision that you're getting ready to make and and you might be on the verge of making um is it urge or verge i don't know you might be on the verge i think it is you might be on the verge of making a really bad decision and it's because you're trying to see something for how you want it to be um so what's holding you back there what are the preconceived notions that you have? Uh, how is your ego standing in the way? Do you have an ego? The answer is yes. Okay. How is it standing in your way? And what is it blocking you from really seeing in life? And then what are you going to do about it? How will you be able to see truth for what it is? And that's probably, that's probably for another podcast. How do you see the truth for what it is? You know what? I'm going to talk about that on the next episode of JC Talks, a leadership podcast. I'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to my podcast, JC Talks, a leadership podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcast and be the first to get new episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.